This is Rodney Thompson, game designer for the Star Wars role-playing game at Wizards of the Coast, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Execute Order 66. Greetings. Welcome back to another edition, another episode, that is, of the Order 66 podcast. This would be number 11, and I am GM Dave. And I am GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? I am here along with you, Dave. How you doing, bro? I am doing great. We've had a really busy week this week. No uh, no mashup at the beginning. Sorry, I just didn't have time. Spring break, my daughter's out. We had soccer we had soccer at the Wazoo today, and uh, and yesterday and Friday, for that matter. Wow! Yeah, wow. So not so, much time for holiday weekend, huh? No, not really. We got we got we did get uh, to spend just a little bit of time with uh, my in-laws, my wife's family, just you know, just for a little bit of time, but not a whole lot. So, uh, what about you? You get to see oh, some family? Uh, we, uh, my wife and I spent the last day at my folks, which was really nice. Good That's to see cool. them for the holiday. But, I love your folks' yeah. place. Yeah. It, it has been a very busy week, and we got a busy show coming up, and we got a lot of busy shows coming up in the future, as you guys may have, well, not may have, most definitely heard at the beginning of this episode, um, Rodney Thompson, the designer for the Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing game, uh, the man whose name and adorns the first page of the core rulebook, as well as the uh, recently released Starships of the Galaxy, will be on the Order 66 podcast. It is confirmed in two weeks' time. Not next week, but the week following. And we are doing this because we want to give you guys a bunch of time to get questions to us. You're welcome to email us, uh, myself at gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com or if you'd like, it'd be a lot easier, you can simply uh, register with the Gamer Nation at uh, d20radio.com slash forums and we actually have a thread going in the Order 66 request uh, forum. The Order 66 request board for questions for Rodney Thompson. Uh, you're also free to give us a call and leave a message uh, in your own beautiful, clear, or maybe even slightly nerdy voice at 206-600-5872. Or, Dave, I believe that's also 206-600-LUSA! LUSA, L-U-S-A. Yep. So in two weeks' time, Rodney Thompson, you're not going to want to miss it. If there's ever a question you've ever wanted to ask the designer of this game, get it to us and we will pass it on. Or in the words of Chancellor Palpatine, do it. Do it. Yeah, and we'd encourage you to give us a call because we would absolutely love to be able to play your question on the air instead of having to read it. That would yeah, be, that'd be a lot nicer. Yeah. And also, if you guys want to call and leave us bumpers, um, any of your, you know, uh, I never listened to the Order 66 podcast bumpers, we'll, we'd love to have them. Get them on the oh, show. Oh, hey, you had some family call in. Pardon? This is Mrs. GM Chris, and... I really never listen to the Order 66 podcast, but somehow I always wind up hearing about everything on it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. Oh, I love my wife. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> she didn't tell you she did that, did she? 
Well, to my wife who never listens to this podcast at work or anything else like that. Thank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on, Dave. Yeah. Oh, uh, one order of housekeeping. The reason we're not oh. we're not going to be having a show next week, um, unless uh, unless some kind of a miracle happens. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be. My wife and I are going to be out of. Well, let's just say we're going to be abroad, and yeah. um, I don't think we're going to get back until very very late Sunday night, even Monday morning. So, yeah. um, you know, unless something really drastic happens and we decide to do a cast on Monday night, um, I don't think we're going to have one next week. So for all 200, by the way, 235 listeners to this show, broken yeah, all-time record for us on, the, on uh, wow. episode 10. And um, for, so to all 200 and some of you, you know, if we can put a little something together for Monday, we will, but um, just don't expect it. Don't expect to hear us again for two weeks, and then uh, we'll get confirmed with Rodney and then get everything going for two weeks from now. And don't be afraid. We are not – the show is not canceling, so if you don't hear us next week, don't worry about it. But, um, it, you know, GM Dave is traveling, so we will have to postpone the show for next week. But this will give us an extra week to prepare for the awesome episode we're going to have with Rodney Thompson, um, which is going to require a good amount of prep and may even run a little long. I imagine we're going to get a lot of questions. So if you don't get your fix next week – you'll most definitely get a mega fix in two. Oh, yeah. I fully expect that episode to go an hour. Easily. Probably longer. <laughs> so yep. thank you guys for your patience, and we will keep you updated if anything changes on the forums. Absolutely. Hey, well, Dave, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. I was just about to ask if it's time for mail call, and apparently it is. I went to uh, the post office today, and I was actually very surprised at the expedience at which I received um, a postcard from our good friend, Commander Cody. Oh, hell. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. Boom. All right, so All right. what manner of pleasantry did we get from that well, rat bastard? <laughs> Hey, hey, don't talk about a fine servant of the Empire that way. All right, see, um, I I am sympathetic to, well, never mind. Hope you're not going to say what I think you're going to say, man. I'll turn you in like that, man. There's a fat reward for Separatists still out there. I want you to know. Well, whatever. Well, anyway, let's get on with the postcard. This this is a, a nice postcard. It's kind of, um, it looks like it's printed on some type of, of leaf paper. It's got a beautiful picture of trees in the background, and it smells faintly of redwood. And it says, the beauty, the grandeur, the splendor. Come visit the Imperial Resort of Choice, Kashyyyk. The Imperial Resort of Choice. Kashyyyk, yes. The home of Wookiees, yes. Uh, <clears throat> hello, GM Dave and GM Chris. Thank you. My platoon and me are on Kashyyyk this week, helping the glorious march of the Grand Imperial Army cleanse the galaxy of separatist and non-human scum. There you go. The Wookiees are very strong and do not seem to like binder cuffs very much. Duh. Oh, well. Yeah. The Emperor says they will be used for the good of the Empire. I do not know what this means, but the hair clogging up the vents in my mask is very thick. I will have to tell my commander about this. I must go now. The greatest of the empire marches on. Huzzah! I think you meant to say greatness. Uh, long live the empire, your friend, Commander Cody. Huh. Well, it's good to see they're finally putting those Wookiees to proper use, you know what I mean? 
What's the matter with you? What? Don't be careful, dude. They'll, they'll kill us. You got it, dude. No, no, no. Let me tell you, I don't give one rat's behind Bohonkus about the Imperial whatever. Yeah, you see, what GM Dave meant to say, um, Imperial listeners, is that um, uh, he he greatly cares for the and supports the the Almighty Emperor and and his his wonderful uh, society that he has blossomed into into existence. That's right. Death to Palpatine. Uh, well, with Come that, we move on to some real mail. Come and get me, Cody. <laughs> Maybe he will. Yeah, uh, we got a couple will. emails. Um, I got one in particular uh, from uh, a fellow um, who is up in Michigan um, who uh, emailed anonymously. And uh, he wanted to know, he says, um, uh, Dear GM Chris, um, my GM in a game uh, wanted me to purchase multiple licenses for multiple heavy blaster pistols. When I reached level six, I started wielding them two at a time. Um, so basically, uh, he went on and he talks about how his GM you know, basically says every time you buy this weapon, you got to play the licensing fee. Is this correct? I don't think it is. Horse hockey. Horse hockey, yes. Um, and we did search on this, and this is an official developer ruling. Uh, your GM is incorrect. Uh, have him listen to this cast, or better yet, have him search the forums um, at Gleemax, the Wizards of the Coast forum, for the official uh, game itself, the official forum for the game itself. And basically, to put it in an analogy that the devs did, Buying a license is like having a driver's license. You don't need one for every single car you own. You need one for different types of cars, or, or, or since a car and a motorcycle, for example. I mean, so basically, if you've got a license for a weapon, um, and you, you have a license for every one of that weapon you have, and if you think about that, if this wasn't the case, buying grenades would get extremely expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, you know, heavy blaster pistols and grenades have separate licenses. Um, E-Web blasters, well, those are military, but, you know, um, you know uh, a sporting blaster or whatnot have separate licenses. So, yeah, that's the answer to that stuff. question. So, that's right. So tell your go, GM he's incorrect. That's right. And then bend over, pull your pants out, and tell him to kiss it. Tell him to kiss it. Kiss it hard because he's incorrect. And it makes sense. Cool. And we have one other question um, that we got emailed in from Twi'lek Goodness, um, one of our more prolific emailers. And she asks, uh, she says, I was watching the movies with my son, and I noticed that the characters uh, in the movies fall from extreme heights yet seem to take little to no damage. Wait a second. What a great mom. No joke, man. That's awesome. I wish my mom was like that. Hope she's well, who who hope. knows how old the kid is, but hey, bonus to you, Twi'lek goodness. Especially Seriously. if you're hot. Especially if you're hot, yeah. Um, but she wanted to know how, how do characters in the movie seem to survive from such, such extreme falls? Um, and, and, you know, can her characters in her game do this? And, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is actually cleared up in the errata. Um, if you go online, you can find it. The errata actually allows you to use both the jump and the acrobatic skill to reduce falling damage in the same way, which is there's a little contradiction in the original printing of the core rulebook. Um, and that is basically you knock off three meters, uh, which is two squares. If you beat a DC 15, either jump or acrobatics check, you knock, you knock two squares off damage. And every 10 points you beat the DC, you knock another two squares off the damage. And if you, you know, use Surge and spend a Force Point, if you're a Jedi, you know, you can get, you know, a, a bonus to your jump check of, like, plus 65. And then if you make a good jump check on top of that, you can conceivably negate all of falling Every damage. Bit of it. Now, this is something else the rules do not say, but it's very important to note, and it was made clear by the devs later on. Any distance greater than 60 meters is treated as 60 meters. Right. Um, because that's when you hit terminal velocity, and that's why the damage cap is 20 die 6. So if you're falling further than 60 meters, um, it, you know, it is conceivable to negate all that damage, which is, you know, probably how Obi-Wan survived the fall on Utapau and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Well, he and fell Luke surviving the, the, the fall in, into the bowels of the uh, Death Star. Well, he fell into the water, though. 
Oh, Obi Wan did, yeah. But uh, you know, hey man, I, I do damage for water. Man, you ever? Oh you ever... no, yeah, damn. I mean, from that high, damage uh, water is like falling into concrete. So I mean, you know. Oh yeah, but still, so, you know, yeah, with that's the, the answer Jedi's to your question. Abilities, he can negate that damage. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So there is the answer to your question. And guys, please keep sending us questions. You're welcome to post them on the forum, or you're welcome to email myself, GM Chris at d20radio.com, or GM Dave at d20radio. That's right, and I didn't get any email this week, and I was feeling kind of lonely. Aw, It has been kind of quiet, both on the forums and the emails. I really like you guys to get those questions out there. We're going to have a good two weeks before the next show, so you'll be able to really get uh, that content up and let us know what you want to talk about. Um, and just please, just get it out there. Give us a call at the Loser Line or email us, post it on the forums. Let your voice be heard, Gamer Nation. You betcha. So let me you guess. You're about to tell me that you wandered out to Tatooine and you forgot the Chance Cube again. No, I got one for you. Dude! Here you go. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of rough, though. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> you had a bag of them. It was really cool. I think I'm going to get one continuously. That way I'll just have chance cubes, most definitely. We can give them out as prizes. That's it. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Jabba sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? There you Excellent. go. Well, I came back from Watto's with something I never thought I'd actually find on Tatooine. It seems a little useless out there. Maybe that's why it was so cheap, <laughs> um, but um, you know, not too terribly cheap. I came back with an aquata breather. You know what these things are, man? They are wondermus. They're pretty cool. Let you breathe underwater for a couple they, of hours. Yeah, they do for two full hours. Um, for those of you who've watched the movies, of course, in, in Star Wars Episode One, um, no. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn uh, use these to swim to the, uh, the home of... of um, oh God! I totally forget where they swum to, and I'm very glad I forget where they swum to. So yeah, yeah, you all remember what those things are? The Gungans. Oh, why did you have to say it? Uh, no, Misa, anyway. you want to say it? I'll I'll kill you, man. I'll reach over right now. I'll I'll rip the still beating heart out of your chest. Fine, you don't do think that. I won't. You imperial scum. I... Hey, hey! Don't think I won't. But these things are pretty cool. They only weigh two tenths of a kilogram. And uh, they were kind of probably say they run about 350 credits, but considering what they do, they're 350 very worthy credits. As GM Dave said, you can use this thing to breathe underwater for two hours until depleted. Now, this is an important note. Dave, can you use this thing to do anything but breathe underwater? Um, let me consult the rule book. No. No, you cannot. Uh, you cannot use this thing to escape a vacuum or even a hostile atmosphere. It is only usable for breathing underwater. So if you get shoved onto, you know, a, a corrosive atmosphere or out into maybe an asteroid with minox on it and giant, uh, you know, worms, uh, you can't use it to breathe, and you certainly can't use it if you get shoved out of an airlock. Yes, it sucks, but them's the rules. However, there is nothing to stop you from shoving a fishbowl on your head. Let's tell <laughs> and, a story uh, about that. Yeah, I was in a game uh, several months ago. Um, it was actually an RPGA game. Um, 
and one of the players was relating a story to me about how their GM had they, they were in a ship and the GM had flooded it with um, with dioxin gas and you know the a couple well, actually the two Jedi the two most powerful melee characters in the game um, they were deathly afraid um, of the gas and they didn't want to hold their breaths so they went to the bathroom filled the sinks up with water put their aquatic breathers in and shoved their heads under the water and stayed there for two hours and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's technically how they survived. Uh, well, the the non combat characters managed to take out the entire boarding crew. It was it was pretty funny. To yeah. Hear. So <laughs> so that is the aquatic breather, and uh, you should pick one up right away. Oh, I'm sorry for coughing. I didn't get to my cough switch quick enough. That's Excuse okay. me, gamer nation. I really didn't mean to cough in y'all's ears, but um, anyway, we are calling an audible here this afternoon. Yes. We have been unable today to uh, to hook up with GM Brev. I know it's a holiday weekend, and we really, I guess we didn't really think it through 100% as to making sure that everybody was going to be available. So we are going to start into a class discussion for the prestige classes, and we're going to start it with Ace Pilot. Yes, yes. We're going to be postponing our minis discussion. But I know we're still going to have it, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure we're going to have it. I mean, yeah, we, we just weren't able to hook up with GM Brev today, but that's okay. We're still going to have it. So right. um, for those of you minis fans, you know, don't don't lose hope. It will be there. <laughs> we have a new hope. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, yes. Don't don't lose an episode four. Yes. That's right. So uh, today we're going to yeah. talk about Red Six. Porkins, my favorite Porkins! Guy. My avatar, you know. He is our avatar. I love it. I think your avatar has Porkins' like he's got a bucket of KFC, I think. Is that it? Yeah, a bucket of KFC. He's got the Dale Earnhardt number three, and um, he's got That's like awesome. a chicken wing in his right hand. So, yeah. You know what always bugged me about Porkins? What? Like when he dies, and they're yelling at him, you know, eject, eject. Oh, I got Where's it, he... I got it. Ah! Yeah. Where's he going to eject to? Yeah, exactly. How is he going to eject? That... Well, I mean, well, like, assuming like he ejected like into, like, you know, maybe like the, uh, the, you know, just the main little, little, pilot apartment ejected into a stable atmospheric you know like survival area i mean where is it going to land on the death star right that they're about to blow up right is somebody going to stop and pick up porkins i mean what's you know and anyway uh, always bug me yeah, but I, we're going to talk about the ace pilot prestige class and there's quite a few prestige classes in the book and ace pilot is is one of my favorites and if you're playing a game with a lot of frequent combat in space, there's absolutely no reason not to go into this prestige class. Um, even you know favorites like Luke and and, and Darth Vader, um, his father, of course, um, even have levels in the Ace Pilot prestige class, as does Han Solo. So there's some really cool stuff you can do with it. And Wedge. Now, Dave, hmm? Don't forget Wedge. Oh, and Wedge, of course. Wedge. And the Antilles is the bomb. I love the Wedge. Oh, can't, can't go wrong with Wedge. He's awesome. He's awesome. But it is uh, interesting. We, unlike other systems, uh, the prestige classes presented in SWSE um, are very streamlined, and especially regarding their entry requirements. And we want to take a time to talk up briefly about that um, now. Pretty right. much any prestige class, you have to be a minimum heroic level 7th to enter. So in other words, six levels of other classes, and then at level 7, you can start taking a prestige class, mm-hmm. including Ace Pilot. Um, this is something I find just a, a great deal better than the way things have been managed in the past where you have easier. to have a certain base attack bonus requirement or something like yeah, that yeah. so yeah but you need to be um minimum heroic level seventh to enter this you need to be trained in the pilot skill Dumb. and i would like to point out that pilot is one of the few skills that is a class skill for every single class including jedi so theoretically um for as far as trained skills go there is nothing to stop any class from entering this prestige class right 
Um, the last thing is you've got to have vehicular combat as a feat, which is a pretty handy feat to have on its own if you're, you know, in space combat frequently. Anyway. Right. Um, in addition, the other huge benefits to entering a prestige class, aside from the cool stuff they give you, is it's a much more focused variant. And I, th- I think you'll agree, Dave. Um, you, you give up a little bit, but you... you grab a whole heck of a lot. Um, every prestige class, including the ace pilot, loses the ability to get bonus feats every even level. Instead, you get a special ability just related to the class that gets better and better and better. Um, and then, of course, on your odd levels, you'll pick up talents from the specific talent trees related to the prestige class. Mm-hmm. But um, you also get, you know, do you know you get more force points, Dave, when you're a member of a prestige class? Yeah, yeah, you're going to wind up getting, uh, what, six plus... Six plus half. one half a character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I mean... As, appo- as opposed to five. So that's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a nice boon. And of course, my favorite thing about entering a prestige class is the bonus to defense, which uh, is, is pretty huge. Example for the ace pilot, I mean, you're looking at a, a plus four class bonus to your reflex defense that will replace your, your previous class bonus. And it is worth noting, these do not stack. They, the highest one is the one you get. Right. Pretty much. Well, and Pretty uh, much. Uh, there's another one too, and uh, I think plus two to fortitude. Oh yeah, yeah. You always get like there's one primary and one secondary. Always. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, hey, so you know, plus plus two to fortitude is fantastic. But you know, the prestige classes get that plus four to a specific one, and it's just Reflex, you know that's yes. that's really awesome. Yes, love it. Really awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about this prestige class. There's a lot of things I like about it, and if you're running a space campaign, it's just awesome. What talent trees are available for you to choose from in this class, Dave? Well, we have two new talent trees. Well, actually, we have two new ones, and then you can take the spacer from, uh, what, Scoundrel. Yeah, from Scoundrel. And so the two talent trees that we have are the expert pilot talent tree, and we have the gunner talent tree. I like the gunner talent tree, but not as much as I like the expert pilot. There's some sick stuff in the expert pilot stuff. Um, I, I was very, very impressed. Now, as a side note, um, there's one talent that we've had some, there's been some questions about, um, and there's been a, a brief errated ruling on it. The juke talent. Um, basically, when you when you fight defensively um, as the pilot of a vehicle, and you guys know, you, just like when you're when you're fighting defensively in, in personal combat, you can, as a pilot of a vehicle, fight defensively where you take a, a minus five on your attack rolls and get a plus two to the vehicle's reflex defense. Well, according to the core rulebook, if you're trained in the pilot skill, instead of giving a uh, you know a minus a minus five and a plus two, you get a minus five plus five when you fight defensively. So that's really cool. But the, when you consider that ruling, juke doesn't make too terribly much sense because it says when you fight defensively as the pilot of a vehicle, uh, the dodge bonus to your vehicle's reflex defense increases to plus five. Okay. Well, if you're trained in piloting and you have to be to be in this prestige class, it's already there. Um, yeah, that doesn't make too much sense. Well, the errata ruling is this is an additional plus five. So with Juke, when you fight defensively, you're going to take a minus five to your attack rolls and get a plus ten nice. to your reflex defense. That is insane. And far and away, my personal favorite, favorite talent in the expert pilot talent tree is keep it together. Um, something that Red Six, Mr. Porkins, could not do. <laughs> Which is, it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card once in a counter. Um, when your vehicle, uh, your piloting takes damage, it equals its, or exceeds its damage threshold. Your vehicle avoids moving down the condition track. And that's really, really awesome. And the wording of this, if your opponent has uh, extra, uh, like, amazing abilities, such as from the gunner talent tree... Um, the the system hit, you know, where you, you move an additional step down the condition track. Um, this, by the wording of this, keep it together would actually negate all steps down the condition track when you use it once in an encounter. Right. So even if you're moving, you know, four or five steps down the condition track due to someone that's got an insane amount of talents and, and all that, you, know, you can just negate it once in an encounter. That and is a heck great. of a deal. 
It's pretty cool. Um, now, obviously, as we said, every prestige class gets a special ability at every even level. Dave, what can you tell me about vehicle dodge? Well, not a whole heck of a lot, but um, starting at your second level in the Ace Pilot, uh, you get to add this dodge bonus to your reflex defense, you know, of your vehicle. So it's pretty straightforward, and um, you know, yeah, it's a good deal. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's just, you know, hey, what, you know, you, you take levels in this, and boom, you're automatically just much better at defending yourself in a vehicle. And this is any vehicle, which is really fantastic. Uh, it is worth noting, though, that most of these talents, especially vehicle dodge, only affect vehicles that you're piloting. Um, the ace pilot talent tree has a lot to do with piloting. So if you're, you know, perhaps in a large ship, you know, like a, like you know, something like the Millennium Falcon, you know, and you're, you have talents that, you know, lend you towards the gunning role, or you have maybe perhaps some of the maneuvers that are found in uh, starships of the galaxy um, that lead towards a gunning role, uh, that's not so much going to apply for this particular situation. Right. So. I do want to add one thing, and that mm-hmm. is uh, that if you're if you're suffering any kind of condition, you know, that makes you lose your dex bonus, you're going to lose this dodge bonuses as well, right? Yeah, and that's a really good point to note. Um, anytime, anytime you lose your dexterity to reflex defense, you're going to lose dodge bonuses, right. and this is a dodge bonus. Um, and that's that's very very important to note. Right. Dodge bonuses and non-typed uh, bonuses always stack once you reflex defense, but they go you know dodge bonuses tend to go away rather quickly if you're yeah. you know flat-footed or denied your 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 dexterity reflex defense. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Now, what do you think would be the best? Uh, I guess the best class to to kind of mesh and segue into this, Dave. Noble, maybe. Really. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I've always been one that that with the pilots. I just, I'm not sure to tell you the truth. You know, I I think that's an interesting choice, and you say that, and a lot of people don't consider it. I think the noble's fantastic, and for a couple good reasons. If you guys get Starships of the Galaxy and you crack it open, it talks about how a lot of the the talents that are are in the noble talent tree, a lot of the Force talents, especially for Jedi, can be used in Starship circumstances. So a lot of the bolstering talents a noble has can be used to bolster their own ship and bolster other ships as well. well they're bolstering the pilots, but, but still, it, it's the same principle. And I think that's just a, a marvelous suggestion. Now, the Scoundrel, a lot of people consider just because they have the, the spacer talent tree, you know, so it kind of kind of right. tends to go hand in hand there. Um, but I would like to make one suggestion that you guys may want to consider, um, and that would be either a soldier or a Jedi for one very important reason. If you'll look at the ace pilot itself, it's only got the three-quarter base attack bonus progression. It doesn't get a one-for-one one progression on its base attack bonus. And when you're talking about a fighter pilot, I found that kind of odd. And so you're going to want to hedge yourself up by, you know, getting that full base attack bonus up, you know, up through your first six levels. Because, you know, at first level, you're getting that plus zero immediately again, and you're going to be behind the curve if you're moving from a three-quarters base attack bonus into another three-quarters base attack bonus. Does that make sense, Dave? Yes, yes, it does. So that's kind of, you know, where where I, I think you should kind of lead, lead up into that. I think the Soldier or the Jedi works wonderfully if you just want to make a purely combat pilot. But I really think, you know, people should consider something like what you said, the Noble. Um, a lot of people don't consider that as a very good pilot, but when you consider how their talents can bolster, especially how lethal space combat is, I think it's a underutilized and marvelous suggestion. And I also recommend you guys check out our prior episode talking about Starships of the Galaxy. There's a lot of really good uses there. Oh, yeah, and we're going to do it again, too, because we just barely scratched the surface. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, we, it was like one of our D20 docking bays, and there's just, there's just so much to be had there with space combat. It's, it's really, really quite amazing. 
Um, ways you we also talked about David and I things about making prestige classes better or making even may, maybe making a few house rule changes in your game, um, and that's kind of where we want to end the discussion on this particular prestige class. Uh, if you guys want to alter things to make it a little more flavorful or a little more useful, I have gamed with some GMs that have actually taken this class and moved it to a full base attack bonus. Okay, I think it may be a wee bit overpowering considering how boss some of the talents are. But you know, if you're in a, a you know if you're in a, a starfighter scenario, I mean those things are pretty you know uh, accident prone. I mean it's pretty easy to die. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a it, it's almost a, a really good uh, a really good scaling. I guess you could say, if you want to kind of balance things out. And that's a, a house rule that I've seen used to to marvelous effect. Um, I've also gamed with a GM who gave a player the option every even level of either getting uh, the vehicular defense uh, bonus, obviously that dodge bonus to your to your vehicle's reflex defense, or the starship tactics feat, um, if they met the prerequisites for it, which of course is a feat from the Starships of the Galaxy book that just came out, which allows you to learn uh, maneuvers, basically. Um, a, a suite of sort of maneuvers that work kind of like force powers. And of course we, discovered, we covered it in the D20 docking bay on that discussion. Every even level, I think that's a little overpowering. That's a lot of maneuvers. That'd be like telling a Jedi you could get force training every other level. Yeah. Um, it'll wee bit overpowering, although I don't think the maneuvers are nearly you know, as powerful as, as force powers. But that's another alternative you may want to consider. Right-o. Excelente. So, Gamer Nation, that's going to wrap it up for this discussion, and um, we will segue very sveltly, I would imagine, <laughs> into Mr. TK421. TK421, are you there, sir? Oh, I knew I had a bad feeling about this. TK421. With him. Oh, hey, dudes, how you guys doing? It's about bloody time. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's been a heck of a day, I'll tell you what. Okay, tell me what. Yeah, we're over here on Genosha, man. Genosha? Oh, yeah, man, with all them bug people, they be flying around and doing all that business. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. We're cleaning out some of these separatist scum over here, and, and man, I've just been having a hard time with these stupid droids they're leaving everywhere. Yes. Okay, so tell me about your problem. Well, they got these shields, right? These shields are going to be popping up all the time, like little, like little bubbles, you know? They've been popping up, and we hit them with the blaster, you know, the pow, pow, the pow, 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 and, and they just bounce off, man, like they ain't doing no damage at all. Right. Yeah. It makes me angry. <laughs> you sound a little frustrated, Imperial yeah. scum. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. What uh what was that? Oh nothing, man. Um uh uh nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well listen, Hoser, I, I I gotta go. We we got a lot more of these bugs nests to clean out and and uh bouncing our bouncing our blasters off of these stupid shields, so All I'll right. talk to you just later. Alright, man. No problem. Later, Hosers. Later on. Well, uh, I didn't quite understand the point of that one besides the, um, what, maybe some damage reduction? I think so. I think you may have been talking about a, a wee bit of damage reduction there. And this should bring us into our D20 docking bay. Twenty docking bay hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. 
Yes, and this D20 Docking Bay is brought to you by Lord Ironballs. Actually, Lord Ironballs, one of our posters on the forum, um, proposited this question and uh, also directed it towards Rodney Thompson, and we'll certainly get his viewpoint on it um, in two weeks' time. Absolutely. Yeah, but we want to throw our own stab at an answer to this. Um, This is actually kind of a two-part question, and uh, Lord Lord Ironballs really only asked about one part of it, but um, it kind of segues into another, considering some other problems we've been having at certain games, so I kind of want to address both issues. All right, let's go. Uh, well, we're going to talk about multiple types of damage and DR and the negate energy force power. Um, basically, if, if damage reduction provides for one type of damage, what happens when a weapon does more than one type of damage? Uh, what if uh, a weapon does energy and another type and a Jedi uses negate energy on it? How much damage is negated? So, um, in Lord Ironball's own words, he wanted to know, you know how much of a, a force pike's weapon damage is negated with the negate energy power. Um, the issue at hand being that the weapon has two damage types in its entry, energy and piercing. And a description of the negate energy power states that you spontaneously negate a single attack that deals energy weapon damage. Uh, the consensus at his group's table was that about half the weapon's damage would be negated. We came to the decision after considering the weapon's description in the CRB. Um, although primarily a Viper weapon, the Force Prike also delivers an electrical shock through its tip, is what it says. So... Um, they interpreted that as saying the weapon deals energy and piercing damage equally with each attack. And there are, just so you guys know, a couple other weapons that have seemingly split damage um, that may pertain to this power. There's the Electro Staff, which those cool, awesome droids that Grievous had hanging around used that yeah. deal energy and bludgeoning damage. And uh, a Wookiee's Bowcaster actually deals energy and piercing. And, of course, a lightsaber um, deals energy and slashing. So, basically. So, how do you run this? Well, this is my opinion. Now, I want to tell you up front, guys, we could not find any official rulings on this. We searched, and we searched, and we searched. And that's why I really want to get Rodney's opinion on it in two weeks' time. But in regards to the negate energy power, I think this is really kind of the tougher of the two when you compare it to DR. And again, there's there's no official ruling. We're going to ask Rodney, but if you want my own opinion, I think the ruling half damage is a really good idea. I know it's a bit more complicated, but it just makes too much sense to ignore it, okay, considering the functionality of the power, okay? Um, now, the exception for me is lightsabers. Why? Because, well, one, it specifically mentions lightsabers in the negate energy power description, and because considering the functional aspect of the weapon, any slashing ability it has is due to energy. So negate energy to me would negate all of it. Right. Um, and if you... Uh, and if, if um, aside from lightsabers, if negate energy really worked against, you know, um, vibro staffs, you know, excuse me, excuse me, electro staffs and um, force pikes, then I seriously doubt the Jedi. And if you'll recall the the Cartoon Network's Clone Wars cartoon show, um, the little special they had, um, those Jedi were getting whooped up by those energy staffs. Um, so if they had negate energy, they probably would not have gotten whooped up as much. So. How does this relate to DR? Well, again, we couldn't find an official ruling on this, um, and we're going to talk to Rodney about it. But my opinion, although it's really tempting to rule half damage in such situations for DR, I would actually rule full damage unless the target possesses DR for both types. So in other words, unless the uh, target possesses DR for energy and bludgeoning, I would rule full damage with an electro staff. Why? One, everything about this incredibly elegant system is about simplifying the rules. And this is the simplest, smoothest solution to the dilemma. It may not make logical sense at first, but it works for game balance and for game speed. And you need to ask yourself, what's more important? Um, all previous Wizards of the Coast D20 games have ruled this set, ruled this the same way. Um, for example, for those of you who play D&D, in D&D, if there's a, a monster with a DR silver, and they take a hit, and your weapon is both silver and good, the monster's DR doesn't apply. So, you know, they don't have, you know, that, that's kind of how that works there. 
Um, and of course, there's the problem with and instead of or. If you guys look, a lot of some weapons do and, and some do or in terms of their du dual damage. Uh, for example, vibro weapons deal a um, an or. They do you know slashing or piercing as well. You know, kind of like a dagger and stuff like that. In that instance, it really doesn't apply. If you have you know, if you have, for instance, um, damage reduction piercing, you can just choose to do slashing damage with the weapon. But if it says and, I would recommend that uh, you need to, you know, it would overcome all damage reduction unless the target has damage reduction for both types of weapon damage. And that's just my recommendation. I like it. You like it? Simple, elegant, sort of. S simple and elegant, yes. Well, with that, guys, we want to thank you for listening to an amazing podcast. We'd like to ask you uh, to give us a call, of course, at 206-600-LUSA, L-U-S-A. The Lusa line. Or you can email myself at gmchris at d20radio.com or a gmadev at d20radio.com. Get on the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Become a member of the Gamer Nation and post your mind. And in two weeks, guys, we will talk to you again with the man himself, Mr. Rodney Thompson, the developer of the game, who will be answering our questions and yours. So give us something to ask the man. Yes, indeed. I can't wait. It'll be a giant among men. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, I'm totally tickled. I'm stoked. It's going to be awesome. Yep. So with yep. that, keep them dice a-rolling. Peace, love, and good gaming. To the Order 66 podcast. It's against my programming to appreciate douchebags. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com. This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast.